When a building is on fire or we are confronted with a major emergency, our job as firefighters is to strategically and aggressively attack them head on with our skills, training, and experiences that have been forged in fire. But how do we confront the fires and emergencies in our personal lives and the lives of others? The answer doesn't change. We have to hit them head on while using our faith forged in fire. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jason, I got something I want to talk about today. Something that's bothering me a little bit, maybe. Um, Uh So when my dad used to say that, or my captain would say that, I'd grab a mop and act like I was really busy. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> what it's What do you got bad. for me there, Joshua? <laughs> well, I have a quote that, that really uh, it struck me. But before I tell you what the quote is, I think we need a little bit of background. So here's, here's my, um, I don't know if I would, I wouldn't call it a struggle because uh, I guess I just kind of dismiss it in some ways when I hear it. But uh, there, there, is, there is some part of me that even feels bad when I hear it. Um, we've said before, you and I are different. You were a career firefighter in a big city. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not. <laughs> I am a volunteer mm-hmm. firefighter in a small town, in a small rural community. So the cultures are very different. But not only that, um, I am the guy that gets to get looked down on by other firefighters because Ooh, I don't ouch. run the amount of calls maybe that you do. I, I just don't. We mm-hmm. see the same things. I just don't get them as often as you. And I've right. had I've had other firefighters, career firefighters, look down at me as a volunteer as second rate firefighter. Mm. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, at least I you you, well, you let me, there, let me but... do this real quick. So in your community, the city you live in, there's a full time paid fire department, right? Uh, no. No, oh, there isn't. Okay, no. so you're stepping up and giving the service to the community that they need and doing it free, but someone's looking down upon you or talking down upon you. That's interesting. See, out here in California, we don't have any <laughs> volunteer departments, and I find that very interesting, and I could pull up a joke of saying, yeah, I'm a big city hero. I get paid to be a hero, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to shut that down right now because that bothers my soul. I mean, it really sure. does. You know, it's, right. if I could feel my soul, I'm not sure if it's that or my heart or probably my flesh right now. So right. let's go with my flesh. It bothers my flesh and I'll scripturally work my way through it. But check this out. Why does that make someone better just because they get a paycheck? Why? Why? I, I mean, I truly feel in my heart. They were called to where they were. They're mm-hmm. blessed to get a paycheck right. to do what they're doing. Their fires burn just as hot as your fires. But why would someone look down upon you for doing what you do? So I'm going to throw this back over to you. In return, when you see a pastor who has to have a full time job to support his family and his ministry, he doesn't get to be paid to be a pastor. Do you look down upon him? Mm, well, I don't, and here's why. It's interesting oh. you bring that up. And before I answer this, I want our listeners to be clear. Uh, we are referred to as a volunteer firefight fire department. There are many out there who do not get paid. We do get paid. Right. We are technically paid on call. Right. I get one paycheck a year, Jason. <laughs> so right. Right. whatever. I'm thankful for it. I really, right. I really am thankful it's for it. It's just not career. It's not your it's career. It's not career, right. no. Gotcha. Um, but to answer the the other question, I do not look down on them. Partly because I was there too. I spent 12 years as 
what would be considered a bivocational pastor. So maybe I should say I'm a bivocational firefighter, right? Ooh. I have that, that word again, I, bivocational, right? Vacation, bi-va- or hey, vacational. Now. <laughs> hey now, isn't that what you full-timers were? We're bivocational. You work exactly. like two days a week. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah, that's truth. <laughs> you, you've been nice to me, so I'm not going to, I'm not right. going to hit you on that, but anyway, oh, no, we, we have time. We'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I, I worked, I had to work a job to pay my bills. And for 12 years, I was a youth pastor and that was difficult. And you know, the weird thing was there were pastors that treated me the same way that, that firefighters treat me as a volunteer. They, they did the Ooh. same thing. They looked at me as not, well, because I'm not getting paid as much, you know, I got paid a tiny Ooh. little bit because I'm not doing that as my career. I didn't have the time to be able to show up to all the stuff they were doing and it was the same thing. You were Ooh. you were getting. Um, I kind of got looked down on by not everybody, but by some people. And my heart really goes out to pastors who are doing that because I know how hard it is to do that. Right. Um, right. And and I was thinking about that the other day. Um, you as a you as a full time firefighter. Um, yeah, you ran during the middle of the night. You ran during the day, but you're you're away from your family when you did Ooh. that. Right. I, when, when yeah. those of us who are in the volunteer world, we, we leave our families to right. go do that and then, and then come back to them. And, um, right. So it's just, it's a whole different atmosphere. Right. Well, but, oh, go mm-hmm. ahead. No, what I was going to say is I was going to break it down like this, just going, pulling from this too. There's culture everywhere, right? Let's, let's be honest, there's culture yeah. within the church that sometimes we wish wasn't there, you know, but right. obviously we're man bringing, coming into the church, trying to do as good as we can, but we're bringing culture with us too, you know? Yep. And we try to, well, in the fire department, in, like in the Oakland fire department, we have culture. The culture is there's joking, which is a good camaraderie of every firehouse is better than the res. Like, oh, you work over at 10s, yeah, we're at station five, we're the heroes, you know, just joking like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, but what really bothers me is I do see a pattern here because like I want to have pride, not be prideful, but have pride in my job, right. you know, and what we're doing. And so therefore it's good to get camaraderie that, yeah, if I work for Oakland, it's the greatest fire department in the world. Right. Because I'm building right. that camaraderie. We're team. We're here to serve our citizens. Let's hoorah and all that stuff. But even when we set that aside, pride does wreak havoc in there because in Oakland, we do have some very slow firehouses. We really do up in the Oakland Hills where all the dot commerce, but when that used to be the thing mm-hmm. moved into, mm-hmm. and now all the Silicon Valley folks live in the Oakland Hills, those houses are $10 million houses. And let's be honest, if you have a $10 million house, you know how to protect it and your insurance company has right. to protect it. So they don't right. burn. So we have firehouses up there that would truly run only four to 500 calls per year. Okay. Which let's look around. There's volunteer fire departments yeah. that run way more than that. Now right. you go down to what we call the flatlands. And in the flatlands, we would have firehouses that would run five to six thousand calls per year. So very, very busy. But the flatland companies, the busy firehouses, we would actually beat up via our words the slow companies in a way like, oh, they're lazy, they're useless. There is, but check this out. They needed to have protection up in the hills too. So if someone is called to be at that firehouse, who am I to be berating them, beating them down and making fun of them for working at a slower firehouse? Right. They could turn around and say, I'm an idiot for working at the busiest one because we're all getting paid the same, right? Right. So just something to look at that it's the camaraderie of this, our department's better than yours is cute, but it really bugs me because I pay attention to numbers. I see stuff. 
And one thing I know for a fact, fire burns just as hot wherever you fight it. Mm -hmm. Watching someone die hurts just as bad wherever you see it. And even when you leave your house to go respond and come back to your house, I'll tell you what, that'd be a struggle for me because where's the shutdown time? I got to come back to a firehouse, be with the guys, work our way through it. You know, I'm not like, oh, kumbaya, but it has a rough call, joke, laugh, have a few meals, put it behind us, if you will, before I see right, my family. You're right, before you go engage so, with your family. Yeah, so even yeah. though I had to shut my family down for 24, 48, 96 hours at a time where I couldn't be with them, I still saw a lot of blessing in that. You know, right. so it's give or take, but to say one's better than right. the other, no, nah, I think God has you where he wants you, and shame on people who like to be, beat you up over that. Well, here's the quote. Here's the quote that I want to talk about today. You ready? Mm-hmm. I saw this on Facebook and it really struck me. So I want, I want, uh, this is, this is where we're going to go today. Why you're a firefighter is more important than where you're a firefighter. Bam. Why you're a firefighter is more important than where you're a firefighter. Mm-hmm. I love that. Or I could say why I'm a pastor is more important than where I'm a pastor. Oh, I like there's that. A, there's a, why you are whatever you are is more important than where you are. That's why I thought this was such a good topic for us to talk about today because it's not Unless just Unless you're a surfer, it's really important to have good surf, so we can't use it there. Okay, so I'm going surfing. I can call myself a surfer, but it's very important to go find the good waves. Like, no, I'm just joking, buddy. No, no, I, I see. And, and, and that makes sense because it comes to a service thing. We're serving God, right? Yes. And, and we're using our gifts and abilities to serve them. So it's how are you using them, right? Mm-hmm. This kind of thing and, and the importance of using them as opposed to who cares where you're using them because God puts you in the spot he wants you to use them. That's kind of the vibe I get out of that or the, the feeling I get out of that. Well, this was not meant to be a Christian quote, but when I read it, that's kind of where my mind went. Think about this. It's not it's not wrong for us to pursue career. Um, right. For, for you to pursue in the fire service to get promoted, maybe you had that 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 dream firehouse that you were trying to get into. And and I know we've got people mm-hmm. that they're listening and and they're saying, well, I'm I'm in with this department, but really my goal is to get into this firehouse or to be the mm-hmm. be a captain over here, an officer mm-hmm. over here, or maybe you're here, but really you're working to get into a bigger city firehouse. There's nothing wrong with having that ambition. Mm-hmm. to have to to improve yourself but here's part of the challenge of that is that or part of what I want to challenge people with here's my pastor's heart coming out mm-hmm. but why do you want that right why do you why do you need bigger why do you want more i'm right. not saying we shouldn't be hungry for more i'm not right. saying that we we shouldn't try to better um we shouldn't better care for our families but a lot mm-hmm. of times we're chasing those things because our right. why is wrong Right. I, I, I see that 100%. You know, and, and I look at it like this, that it falls back into everything that we're taught that if you get this, you're going to look better. If you do this, you're going to mm-hmm. feel better. If you're gonna, everything that you said, and you've heard me say this a hundred times, if not more, that I chased all of that stuff. Right. And all it did, the, the black hole inside of me ate it up. It actually made me feel worse in the long run because now I was coming to the realization that the better career, working at a better fire department, getting a better house, better truck, well, the emptiness and the darkness ate it up. 
Right. And now I was even worse off because the one thing I thought because I was told it was going to make me better didn't make me better. Mm-hmm. And I became miserable. But hear me out on this. Once I came to Christ and became new, I still had a drive to work in a big city fire department. But if I never obtained it, it wasn't my fault as long as I did everything I I was called to do and that I was given my ability to. It meant that God didn't want me there. And all of a sudden I became more relaxed. I'd be like, okay, like I still want to be a fireman to this day. You know that. Most people know that. I hate the fact that I can't be a fireman today. But if I let that hate drive me and push me away and not make me do what I'm called to do, man, I'm now in the land of sin. Okay. Right. God doesn't let me be a fireman anymore. I have to be okay with that. He has mm-hmm. me right where he wants me. Now I have to use everything in the area that he now put me in. Is it a struggle? Yeah. It's so easy to just throw scripture out and pour into people's like, oh, well, it's better. Look at you. Look where you are now. Look at all the people you're helping. That's a great thing to say. But until you experience, it is a very humbling thing that, that to go through, you know, but when you put your focus on the sovereignty of God and how perfect he is and that it's about him. It's not about me. My job is to be obedient where he has me. My brain flips and my mind flips. And all of a sudden I find a true happiness because I remember I'm working for him, not for me or my family. Right. Let's take that a step further. If, if somebody were to offer me a job at, we'll just say Oakland, don't laugh at me. But Bro, say, let's just say, say I got a job for you, pal. Let's <laughs> say I got offered a job at Oakland. Right. I wouldn't take it because if I took it, if that's what I did right now, if I took that, that would be, I believe that would be completely sinful and wrong for me because why? I would be going against my why. My why, God's call in my life is to be a pastor. God's right. call in my life is to be here in this little town. And I mm-hmm. believe that's that's God's purpose as well as on the fire service is this is my place to do that. So for me right. to do it somewhere else would be would be wrong. This is right. it's all part of God's plan for my life. And so for me to pursue, you know, try keep looking for that that bigger, that trying to to move up in the fire service for me, that's not even, I don't even do that. I'm just content and happy to be where I am. doesn't mean I'm not learning and trying to get better at what I do. Mm-hmm. That's good for my safety, right. my, my community, all of it. But I know my why, and I know why mm-hmm. I'm on the fire department. I know what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. So when, when that happens, when people do come after me in a sense, or, or I, I hear those comments from full-timers, it mm-hmm. was the same thing when I was a pastor. I, well, I knew, mm-hmm. I knew why I why I was a pastor. I knew why I was mm-hmm. there. And sometimes it hurt. Sometimes it was frustrating when mm-hmm. when you weren't seen that way. But right. ultimately, it didn't matter. I was where God wanted me, where God had me. Right. Well, this is what's so cool about it. And recognizing the whys. And listeners, firefighters and non-firefighters alike that are listening, your whys are important. I'll break one down. Not too long ago, you and I were in Indianapolis. We had our families there. We were for the FDIC, the Firefighters Conference, and it was awesome. And I remember as we were walking our neighborhoods, we were just talking about things. There was no plans mm-hmm. being made. And we just thought, wow, imagine a neighborhood like this if we put a local church right here and just the, the quote, 
good damage we could do for the right, kingdom. You know, the right. damage we could do in this neighborhood would be so amazing. Then you start thinking like, oh, and then you'd have these cool restaurants by us. We could go to right. Colts games. We, and all of a sudden it goes there. And what immediately happened, it was a recognition of, no, you need to go back to Michigan. Jason needs to go back to California. Yep. And we need to do what yep. we've been called to do. Even right. though there's this excitement that, yes, the first thing was you could do something amazing for this neighborhood. But the why was so we could be in these cool area, cool houses, good food, lots of things to do. So that's it's about me why. at that point. Right. The me concept came in. And, and that's what I appreciate about this conversation. And you talking about that, that let's be honest. I know for a fact if you and, and if any one of your congregation is listening to this, just hear me out for a second. You're not doing this, but you could apply for a job in a church in any other city in the United States. And you would immediately get picked up just based off of your sound knowledge and the way that you shepherd your people. But why would you do that? You wouldn't do right. that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And sure, you could probably make a lot more money and it'd be a lot more glamorous position too. But no, it's not about glamorous. Glamour should be about, wow, I'm watching people grow. And just like when I, I sit in on your meetings, your church, just seeing the growth in, in your congregation. That's what's so awesome. Your right. why is right, but it's so easy for us to let the world heist our whys mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yes. and try to run us into something else, you know? And, and for anyone else, last thing I'm going to say about that is by all means, progress in by learning, doing stuff. And if you feel you're being called somewhere else, make sure you really are. And if you are, by all means, go. But I truly feel. So many times we try to justify our flesh by saying it's a calling. It's my my true opinion. Right. Let me throw this out there, Jason, and this will. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm putting an open ended question out there. What seems like an open ended question. So, so I know this could be dangerous, but we've been talking about our why. As Christians, the big picture, we all have more particular whys. My why, particularly, is to be a pastor. Yours is. Mm -hmm. author use the things that god has has allowed you to to go through motivate uh, people to want to fall that much more in love with christ right and get them to their local right. church that, that when people say what's your ministry that's it man i yeah evangelizing loving on people so yep i hear you but but that in general we all have the same why what is mm -hmm. our why as christians right be obedient and serve god and, and what, but but that's 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 the easy answer. I'm going to call you out on that one. No, I knew I, I you know the answer. I just kind of dropped it on here. Right. But that's the easy answer that we always use. That's not the specific answer. We always say be, be obedient and follow God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, so specifically, how are we obedient and how do we follow Him? Oh, that's a good one. Tell us, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it what was Jesus' last words to us? Matthew twenty eight nineteen and twenty. Go make. Disciples. Mm -hmm. disciples so uh, my job is to make my my why in this world is to make disciples and that's no different than your why mm -hmm. or any any other person that that's listening to this who's a right. christian their why is to make disciples now it might be different it, it might be that i'm making disciples here in this little town you're making disciples in california mm -hmm. somebody else is making disciples somewhere else through whatever their vocation is mm -hmm. But when we understand that and we start thinking about why you're a firefighter is more mm -hmm. important than where you're a firefighter, that tells me now, Acts 1-8, um, where, to, where to go first to Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the othermost parts of our earth. 
Mm-hmm. What I what we have learned, and I've continuously taught our people, is part of our why is is our is our where. You are mm-hmm. where you are for a reason. You're in. Why did you have to go back to California? Because that's where God has you. There's people right. there right. that God has put in your circle that you are to mm-hmm. make disciples of. There I have go. people it, here. Mm-hmm. So it, it's if like, I, I was like, go, go ahead. ahead. What I was gonna say is it's. I see it as true priorities, but priorities doesn't mean that's your only thing. So this is the way right. I kind of, I, I make sense of it. My number one priority is my relationship with Christ and making right. sure that I am growing in him closer. That's my number one priority. Then my next priority is my wife. Then yep. my next priority is my kids. Well, imagine if that was my priority and I stopped, where would discipleship come into play? Right? Right. So then my next priority is discipleship of the people God has put in my life. Mm-hmm. There's the next priority. But if that was my only priority, guess what? I wouldn't be podcasting right now. Well, I wouldn't be writing books. I well, would so, I'm so, gonna, so yeah, uh, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to argue with you about that one. Okay. Yeah, let's okay. go for it. Because you, and you know this, you just don't, you don't realize right. what you said. No, my primary responsibility is to be a disciple maker, but, but who, who, who are those people I need to disciple? I need to disciple my wife. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. I am my disciple. That's what kids, I'm saying. Is I am right? Disciple. Yeah, you're. you're yeah, you, I'm discipling you, them. Is what I'm going to say. That's my priority. Right. But what if I stopped at them? Oh, oh I, I got st- you. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying. If what if I stopped at them? They are. I'm. And and then or what if I stopped at my local church and that's discipling? Then all of a sudden, I make my number one priority my only thing. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Therefore, right. I've also been called to fill out this whole other list of right. commandments that God's given me. But like you said, where I wanted to go with that, my priority is my relationship. Then with my family, and there is the discipleship Mm -hmm. there. Then the local church, the people God's put in front of me. So yes, I am discipling there. But imagine if I stopped right there and that was it. Right. Then I'm not doing outreach. But what I make people understand is my books aren't more important. My Facebook page isn't more important. It's an awesome outreach. It's a lovely, it's an amazing thing to evangelize and stuff. But over here, these are my highest priorities. So I just want to make clear, yep. I never want my priorities to become my only thing. My blinders are on. Right. They're the most important thing. But I have all this other stuff I got to do too. You know what I right. mean? As long as I keep my priorities over there. So I just want to make that clear with you that yes, yeah. I, I am discipling all of them. And those are our priorities. But going to Indianapolis and hanging out with you is a good thing. <laughs> right. Right. And we get to do those things. So now let's right. circle that back around. That was a long way for me to make this point, but a, but a good conversation. If if we're worried about where we're a firefighter more than why we're a firefighter, then the other thing that's happening is my, my sights and my focus are on that next promotion, that next firehouse, that next fire department. And I'm missing the fact that God has me in this firehouse with right. these guys right now. Or these right. ladies, whoever it is, my, my crew, this is it. God, number one, God has called me to make disciples. So number one, I have lives that I need to touch. Right. I may be, I may believe that God has has is calling me to advance myself in the fire service. Mm-hmm. And the where is important to me, but the why mm-hmm. is the most important. And ultimately, your why is the same as my why for being a pastor. It's to make disciples. It, Exactly. And that concept I love so much because talking about Oakland with 25 different firehouses, right? I paid attention to everything that was going on department wide, paid attention to fires on the east side of town, which were actually 18 miles away, even though they're still in our city, right? But 
paying attention and making my priority were two separate things. My priority were the people I was, uh, God gave me to serve in my district, right? So yes. they were my priority, my yes. district. That's, I use my skills, my abilities and that, but I also learned because I knew what I was learning as I was taking care of those people could also help more people throughout the whole city, you know, by, by a post, like if I was called to promote, okay, that would be great. I would have to then leave these people be, that were my priority. Now this group over here became my priority. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that right? So you're, I'm so on board of the whole Jerusalem then because as silly as it is, my first due district then, <laughs> you know, right. that, that's the thing that, yeah. that I'm, I, I will help. I pay attention. I hope I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. But again, my priority is this. And then I go into the next steps when God calls me to move over there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So understanding our why is so important. And, and I would, I would, maybe, maybe you can answer this. I, I see this from a pastor standpoint. Ooh. I don't know that as Christians, we, we really put enough thought into our why. No, I think I'll we, my... I think we put more thought into our me than our why. Yeah. I, I think we put more, our whys come from our wants, not mm -hmm. the needs of those around us. I'll be right. honest with you. What I want, what's going to make me relax, what's going to get me upstairs to play the Xbox quicker. To right. the day. Like I want my, think about this. How rude is it for me to say, I want my day to be over. But when my day consists of helping other people mm. walk with the Lord and, and, and motivate them and talk and yep. counsel and do all the things I do, bro, now it's my wants become more important than their needs. And I don't see anywhere within scripture. And if you find it, show it to me that it says Jason's wants are the highest priorities. They're not, no. you know, no. a lot of times we'll be honest. I don't want to do stuff sometimes, but I so, need to. Yeah. And you're exactly right. And I think what happens then is when we do tend to put the, put an emphasis on our why it's because our why is in the wrong place. Right. Well, and, and to go back to where we started off also, talking about, you know, career firefighters, maybe looking down upon you and stuff. Well, let's also put that you're, you're strong. You get it. You're, you're grounded in your faith, but the damage that that can also do to younger guys and gals, because it's putting a level of pressure on them, because let's be honest, it's easier. I truly feel in my heart. It's easier to feel the pressure of this world then quote the pressure of God, meaning that we want, we want to do what God's called us to do. So we start following, Oh, well, these people say I'm a nothing as a volunteer. So therefore right. what do they start doing? They start chasing the world and not chasing what God wants for them. And it's just so damaging. So if anyone's right. out there listening, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but in that level, just think about the damage that you could be doing. If you're, you're pushing that your agenda on other people, you know, it's just, it's not fair in my opinion. Well, I think that's an interesting thought. I literally, just before we jumped on here to record this, I released a, another YouTube video on my YouTube channel and talking about that point, what I was finding is I wasn't making YouTube videos as often because I'd lost, I just didn't, I wasn't excited about them. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the joy that I had when right. I started YouTube and I couldn't figure out why. And as I was praying about it and thinking about it, I realized the reason I didn't have joy was because I was listening to the experts. <laughs> and that seems kind of kind of weird, no. but there's a place as Christians where we can't listen to experts. 
We have right. to listen to God. And what I mean right. by that is in the YouTube world, uh, to, in order for your channel to grow, you have to create content that people want to watch. You, in other words, you have mm-hmm. to you have to create content that people are going to be searching for. When they mm-hmm. get on Google and they Google something, well, that's hard as a pastor. So right. I have to try to find things. If I really want my channel to grow and people to watch my stuff, I have to find things that that people are searching for when it comes to Christian content. Mm-hmm. But what I found is that's not the stuff I wanted to talk about, partly because what they're searching for right now is negative stuff. All this stuff calling out other churches and man, those videos are going like crazy. I'm not going to get in in the middle of that because like you said, it's about my Jerusalem. It's not, Mm -hmm. there there might be a fire on the other side of town. That's not my firehouse. I'm not worried about that. So I can't put myself in the middle of that. And then, so really what it came down to was realizing I'm, I started to listen to the experts and rather than making the content that, that the Lord is laying on my heart to make, I just wasn't making any because I just didn't have the joy in making the other stuff. And I just had to realize, look, I'm going to just start making what the Lord lays on my heart and he's going to do with it what he wants right? because of my wife. Hear, it's, it's the right. same thing. You're going to hear a little scratching right now in front of you because uh, I was going to pitch next week's episode on you about the mess that the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, <laughs> is, and I want to do a show on this and call them out. So uh, I just scratched it off my list. Scratch so, that one uh, off your list. Okay. No, I'm just joking. I think no, enough I, people I, have heard I, enough things about that. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and we shouldn't say SBC and lists right now, anyways. Okay, but anyways, with that being said, I hear you on that, and I'm going to now take dorky author standpoint. Okay. When I first started writing my book, oh man, it was awesome. It was just, I was really enjoying it. I was pouring stuff in there. I could feel it. It was right. Then I didn't want to write it anymore because the experts got involved. Mm. And the experts are awesome at a lot of stuff. But if we give total control to an expert, we're now taking away control. And also, not that we're handing God's control then, but we're veering away from what we think God right. wants us to do. We right. start following the experts. And there came to a point where they gave me a check and I was ready to send it back and just be done with it. I was done. And Christy prayed. I mean, she prayed and prayed for me. She knows me. She took my laptop away from me. So I didn't throw it in the pool. <laughs> and <laughs> She just prayed. And, and her prayer was to refocus on why you feel you were called to write your book. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I found joy again. I really did. Yep. And I think sometimes as Christians, we're so scared to find joy because we're scared it's going to be yanked away or we're not going to look humble or anything else. Right. But I, I found the joy in that and I got to writing again. Then when I went to go release my book, the joy got taken away because the expert said how it had to be done, how the image I had to show of myself that mm-hmm. I was becoming a brand. Now, I get branding from a marketing standpoint. That's great. But I'm not a brand. You know what I mean? Right. And and I, I understand there's certain things in your image, like if you're gonna be in front of the public, hey, you know, think about this and you can grow and learn from that. And God's gonna reveal to you that you might want to make a few changes, you know, that's gonna be wise, even though they're not harmful in your everyday life. You know, I get all that. Right. But they were trying to get me to become something I wasn't. And then they showed me the authors who are very successful. And I'm not here to hang those authors out because they're great people, great ministries, and all that but they followed the formula. I just didn't feel comfortable following. And mm-hmm. therefore mm-hmm. I didn't become as popular as them. But right. when I stopped following the formula, 
it became more enjoyable because it was almost like in the book world only it became a mini Jerusalem again. My Jerusalem yes. was the firefighters eyes affecting all these cool people as a thing, as mm-hmm. opposed to the masses out there on a New York times bestseller list. And it felt right. And it just, it reminded me again, like yep. what you're saying, the why, when I'm reminded why, and we sit back, reflect, sit in prayer. And as you say, yeah, pray, but also just sit and listen to God, you know? Right. And when you do that, he will reveal to you where it should be going. And I'm telling you, it feels good because I'm quick to chase the low hanging fruit. I'm not talking about the good fruits of ministry. <laughs> I like, oh, the good low hanging fruit is boom, yeah. let's plug this and sell a million books, right? That's low hanging fruit. There's no joy there, bro. There's really nothing. Right. You know, it's it's staying in the light, following his wants for us. And when you're in the light, it's not like you're being rewarded for being there, but that's where you find the ultimate rewards that feel yeah. so good, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's where I found is when you're living your why that you have joy, it doesn't matter. Your where doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I'm running calls at a big fire, fire department. It doesn't matter if I'm preaching at a big church or small church. The why is what matters more than mm-hmm. anything. And, and I think it's so important because I'll break it down. Being at a firehouse that ran so many medical calls that in the scheme of things as a Christian, I need to look at it like, yeah, it was their emergency. I was called to help them. But from this side over here, that was an emergency. You could have followed up with your own doctor. Now I'm here at three in the morning. Uh, I'd get right. so irritated. Literally, yep. I was like so irritated. But again, what would happen is when I reminded I had the greatest job on the face of the earth. Think about mm-hmm. it. I had a job where I was getting paid full time to serve people. Now, were there things that could irritate me? By all means. But if I let the the me being irritated become the why that's driving my feelings, right? Why are you yeah. irritated? Because I'm going on all these calls yeah. that are just BS, you know, and get frustrated. And I'm just getting angry as opposed to going, you know, it's so cool. We really got to help some people in need. And even the ones who truly didn't fit my standard of why you should call 911, I got to show up and be kind to them. I truly did. Right. Yep. All right. And I know from firefighters out there, oh, Jason, that's a sissy talk. No, bro, come to my firehouse in West Oakland. We're at sissies, okay, by any means. But it it truly grounded me. The grounding in our why of why is doing the, hey, God sent me to these people. It wasn't a 911 dispatcher. Ultimately, it's God. Right. He had a purpose for me to be there. Was I preaching the gospel at three in the morning? Probably not, you know. Right. But just showing up and being there for them, and ultimately being a good steward of the gift size giving, and made the fire department look good, which yep. isn't what we're supposed to do. Look good, but by doing good, we look good, right? Right. There, there was my calling, and it just changed my mind. You know, well, it would really I always have out. to remind myself in those situations that it's there. It's probably one of their worst days. And yes, there's times where we show up. I don't know how many times we've shown up and went, well, why didn't you go to the doctor a week ago when you started mm-hmm. not feeling good kind of thing? And it's frustrating. But in that moment for them now, they are generally in that place. And I I know for firefighters who are listening, you're going, yeah, we always get those people, though, that, you know, they don't have to pay for it and they're taking a free mm-hmm. ambulance ride. And I understand that. But the majority is part of it is you and I have seen emergencies. And so now we walk in and go, well, this isn't an emergency, but it right. was to them. It was so to we're them. still there. And, and right. even that calm of us being able to walk in and say, no, you're, you're going to be okay. You're fine. And, well, what, what, uh, and that calms them down and realizing this is exactly what you said. 
the dispatcher didn't send us there. Their phone call didn't send us there. God mm-hmm. sent us there. And that's, that's hard for us to remember in the middle of the night when we'd rather be sleeping, but we, right. that, and, we have to remember that. Yeah. And another thing to go off of too, I'll be honest with you. I've said this before and I'll keep saying it. Not a whole lot of learning or growing in my faith or as becoming a better at the craft of firefighting ever happened in a lazy boy. Don't get me wrong. It was great. It was great to sit in a lazy boy, recoup, regenerate, get ready for the next one. But I, I truly saw God working through people more when I showed up and they're in a really bad place. I have been Mm -hmm. ministered to, or been ministered from people who are in really bad spots, like a homeless person showing up there and just the grace that they would pour out upon me. Mm -hmm. And the lesson I got from like, wait a second, I was called to serve them. I'm against saying, oh, this is a BS medical. I don't even want to go on it. Then I show up and God used that person to pour some grace into me and teach me a right. lesson. Yep. Wow. And, and that's what I tried to look for. So when I was on the calls where I couldn't find any of that, I would fall back onto that. And it just felt yes. good. You know, it yep. just felt wonderful. And that's that's what I hope people get from this. Because I, I love when you approach me and said, hey, I got a great idea. I read this thing on there and let's talk about it because I think we could pull a lot of messages and experience out is I was just I love that we're talking about it man I think about Galatians 220 I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me mm-hmm. uh, in this life which I now live in the faith I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and now that begins to give a whole lot of different perspective as to what my life is I am not my own I was purchased there was a great price paid for my life. Therefore, and I now have to glorify him. Ephesians 2.10 talks about walking in the good works that God has laid out before, beforehand, before, before you or mm-hmm. I were ever here, before we were ever firefighters, before we were ever authors or pastors or fathers or husbands. Mm-hmm. God laid out for us good works that we had to walk in. And those right. good works are what are walking in those things and pleasing God. It's far more important than chasing that next promotion or, or, you know, trying to move to a better company or a better place to live or, or whatever it is. More importantly, it's walking in those good works. Well, all, what ultimately drove us back to Michigan and, and to California when we were walking in that, in, in, in Indianapolis was the, uh, was knowing my life is not my own. I, I don't get this choice. Um, I, I had this conversation with my kiddos. Uh, I have little kiddos and, we will go places. In fact, Indianapolis is one of those places, and they they they'll ask because I'll comment about maybe I I like this place or mm-hmm. well, Daddy, would you ever want to live here? Mm-hmm. And I had to have a conversation with them, and I was thankful to have that conversation and start teaching them at a young age, and saying, "Look, yes, Daddy might like to live here, but I probably never will, it, mm-hmm. because it's not for me to say to go to a place and say, well, Indianapolis is cool. Let's let's." Now I'm going to do everything I can to go live there. No, it's about knowing that my life is not my own. My why is more important than my where. Right. And I know that most likely God has me here in this town Mm -hmm. for the long haul. That's his plan. That's my why. And and, I I don't get to pick something else. And what's so cool, and again, not looking into that fake crystal ball or whatever, but just knowing where you're at, your why stays the same, but... Also, what I've noticed when I look into people's lives who have lived in certain areas their whole life, 
their why stays the same, but their role slowly changes into other things to support mm-hmm. that why. You know what I mean? Right. So who's to say you're in your 70s still giving the sermons most Sunday? I don't know. I you know, you're not. probably in a teaching role. <laughs> yeah, you know what right. I mean? But, but, you know, as Christians, we always say we don't get to retire from the church, you know, oh. any way, shape, or we don't retire. Yes, there comes a point where you're not fighting fire anymore. You're not a policeman mm-hmm. or in an office or something, and you've moved on. But true retirement, there's no retirement in the Bible. No. We continue to work, you know, by living out our faith until our final breath. And one thing I wanted to throw into what you just said there, the way I like to think about it is when, you know, you just talked about living for Christ, Christ is alive in us. It's, you know, it's for his glory and stuff is I always have to look if I'm cheapening down the gospel, not meaning I can make the gospel cheap, but my view of the gospel is being cheapened down by the way I'm living, the things I'm chasing, what I'm doing. So I will preach this. I will, hey, tell people how amazing God is. Jesus, the gospel message from start to finish is, is so, wow. I mean, I'm just, the reverence I have for it is so amazing. But then I have to look into my own life and am I really letting my life look like it or am I letting my life show a version of a cheaper gospel? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think when you ground and you look into that and go, okay, like with me. I want to move to Maui. I really do. Everyone who knows me knows I want, we were going, but then I looked at it and here's a true story. I haven't shared with many people. I saw my wife wasn't going to be happy if we moved there. She'd love the sun. She'd love that. We had, you know, our jobs lined. We even had ministry lined up, but there's a deep pain inside of her that if we're living there about her being away from her family. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I said, if I forced her to go, I'm cheapening the way that I feel about being a husband, a leader, mm-hmm caring for because I made it about me. The why was about me. And yes, I don't like a lot of things here in California, but this is, this is where God plays you right now. And I get to do a lot of damage for him here in a good right. way, you know? And, and when I do that, all of a sudden I look in this house that I couldn't stand, I actually really like it now. I'm like, I am so mm-hmm. blessed where before I'm like, Oh no, the California, the air, the, this, I'm not near the beach anymore. Now I look at, I'm like, what a blessing. Thank you, God, for this castle you've given yeah. me. <laughs> you know, right. it's just so weird and stuff. So for me, I just want to throw that out there for folks that are listening, especially firemen. Just it's like the fire department. Don't cheapen what the job really is based on some stupid moves. You know, don't cheapen mm. your view or how people think you see Christ based off of some stupid things and and right. getting your whys all messed up. Mm. Good. Cool. Good. Well, this was a good conversation, Jason. Why don't you uh, kind of wrap us up here? Yeah. Well, last thing I want to throw out there is thanks for bringing this up, Joshua. I mean, this I know for a fact that this is going to resonate with a lot of people. And for those of you that have been following us for a while, this is going to be the last episode that will be on Facebook. So if you want to come over and keep listening to the show, in the outro, you're going to hear Pastor Joshua talk about different places you can go to, like Spotify, podcasts. I mean, there's just a bunch of them out there. You're going to have to go over those to those and subscribe if you want to keep listening to the show. And I, you know, I pray that you guys will if you're really enjoying this. So uh, I just wanted to finish up with that. And that being said, hey, Josh, thanks for hanging out, man. And this was a great episode. Good times. Well, I hate to end the episode this way, but we're going to end with some bad news. Facebook is taking away podcasts. And if you listen on Facebook, you will no longer be able to listen to us there. 
but we have a solution for you. We have good news for you. You can still listen to us. You just have to go someplace else and download a free app. And we are literally everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. We've put a lot of work into making sure you can find us wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Download an app, sign in. It's free. Find us, follow us. I know it seems like a lot, but it really isn't. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating, and we'd really appreciate it if you take a couple of minutes and write a review 